Welcome to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm your host, Lindsay Polaris. Today we have a special alumni edition of the pod. And joining me for this episode is former UCLA and 49ers wide receiver, J.J. Stokes. J.J., thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. This is actually, I'm excited. This is the first for me. Oh, awesome. And I also want to say I'm a fellow Bruin, so I love having a fellow Bruin on the podcast. So really excited. <laughs> it's <there>. always <laughs> nice to hear that. Since it's your first time on the pod, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. We'll talk a little playoff football, and then the faithful have kindly submitted some questions for you. Do you still pretty closely follow the 49ers? I should start off with that. I watch every game either in person or at, or at, at on my couch at the house. So, uh, yeah, I do follow and watch. And I got my I got my 14 year old daughter watching with me now, and I'm trying to influence my six year old to watch a little bit longer with me. <laughs> okay, we love to hear that. So, how was your heart rate after that Sunday game against Dallas? You know, I, I knew it was going to be a long, drawn-out game. Uh, I, I actually watched the entire Dallas game previous week, and I know that their defense played extremely well, and it was something that was different from the weeks before, but that just meant they were get, becoming playoff ready. So I knew it was going to be a dogfight. Um, I've seen our consistent defense all year long, and, and the fact that Brock Purdy's come in and I felt like has even continued to elevate this offense by spreading the ball around. I, I felt like we had good opportunity to win if we perform like we have been. And like you said, no playoff wins are easy wins. The teams only get better. What did you learn about this 2022 San Francisco 49ers team with that very gritty win over the Cowboys? You know, you know, the thing that really stands out to me is that they don't lose focus, that they stay in the moment and they play really hard. And it always gives you an opportunity to win games. And and, and here's the thing. You never know who's going to make the play, whether it's offense or defensively for the 49ers. And that's the beauty of it. And I think when you have people, you have certain people that you can key on and say, I need a good game from them. But you're always going to have that unsung guy that everybody kind of says, he's really good. Uh, and he makes plays at times. Those are the guys that are stepping up and making plays in this playoff series so far. And uh, I, I really appreciate that because you never know where greatness is coming from with this team. That's very true. You, there's a ton of playmakers on this team, and you just never know who's going to shine in what game. Absolutely. In your time with the franchise, your team made six playoff appearances, if I'm correct, and just one trip to the conference championship. Can you just speak to how difficult it is to get to this point in the season? You know, it, it's definitely tough and hard, but what, what we used to do is we used to play the whole season in 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 quarters, like our first four games, four games, four games. That's when I was, we had 16 games. Now they have 17, but we tried to win each quarter of the season and, and continually grow. And so by the end of the year, uh, we really self-evaluated as we went into the playoffs, what we did good, what we did, what we didn't do so good. And those are the things that we tried to use to catapult us into the playoffs and, and, and be at our best. So I think right now the playoffs hit, everybody's tired. Everything's grueling. It's how can you take care of your body, get your mind right, understand the plays, understand what the team, other team is trying to do and take that away from them. And, and, and be able to mentally and physically perform at your best come Sunday. And I, and I think, I, I think that's, that's what it boils down to because a lot of teams are tired, but who's going to fight through it and still be at 
a peak that's higher than the opposing team. In line with what you just said, it's a big accomplishment to make it to any conference championship. But as a former player, do you ever get to actually enjoy that moment? Or do you have to wait to the end of the season to really take it in? Because like you said, the grind just continues the following week. Yeah, um, I don't think you really get to to enjoy it. Like in the moment after, I'm sure after they, they beat the Cowboys, they were excited and the coach was excited. Great win, but immediately it's still do or die a week from now. So so it's like great win. Now we got to throw that away. We really got to throw that away. And and right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of the coaches and or even some of the players uh, after the game were looking at Philly film that same night. So that that's the kind of intensity that and focus that it's going to take so that you're mentally sharp and prepared for Sunday's game. So like it, it, you enjoy it in the second, but the minute you get off the field shower, you got to throw that away because now it's on the Philadelphia and you have to travel. So you, you have that time in the air. Are you going to mentally prepare? Are you going to get the rest that your body needs? You, you have to do something all in the hopes of being ready to go when, once the ball is kicked off. Absolutely right. So you now work as a broadcaster and spent many years on the college football scene. I'm curious to know, what did you know about Brock Purdy prior to him being picked number 262 in the NFL draft uh, for the 49ers organization? You know, it's funny. I didn't know anything about Brock Purdy. <laughs> and, and and what's funny about it is since, he's, since all this has happened to him uh, with his own just hard work and work ethic and understanding the position, I actually had a buddy send me, um, this had to be like week through his third week playing. He sent me uh, clips of him playing against Jalen Hurts, which is funny because (laughs) now that's being played on TV and I still watched the whole game then. And I watched it um, after his third start. And so I was like, wow. Like you see his throws, you see how poised, how calm he is, and it's it's only because he was at Ohio, Iowa State, and and of course I'm a Pac-10, Pac-12 guy, and I watch SEC football and Big Ten, but it uh, those games aren't typically on on Saturdays true, on yeah. my TV here on the West Coast. Totally agree, um, and so actually. News coming out today, Brock Purdy is one of three finalists for the AP Awards for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's now got eight appearances for San Francisco under his belt. He remains undefeated. What's the best thing you've seen from him over the course of his, you know, end of the regular season, postseason run? What I what I, actually what I love about him is when he drops back, uh, his eyes, first of all, are down the field. <laughs> I see too many young guys. Their <laughs> eyes are looking at the backs of his offensive linemen, and his eyes are down the field. He's looking at reads. And what truly is great is that he ad-libs really well because if he doesn't go to his first or second, he can get out of the pocket and extend the play, but his eyes stay down the field, and he doesn't look to run. And I think that's the biggest attribute because I think a majority of plays, as you call them, don't always happen as you call them. And you have to ad lib. And he does a great job of ad living, but that's only when his plays aren't hitting. The plays that they call, usually, man, they the timing of everything that they do, and you can tell that they're precise with that with Coach Shanahan. 
the precision that they run the offense with is amazing. But when they have to ad lib, I love, I I trust that he's going to make great decisions and, and, and extend the play. Yeah, I think uh, George Kittle's beautiful circus juggling catch was a product of that ad libbing this last week. The hang time on that was crazy. You, you know what's crazy about that play is when you're bobbling the ball, you're bobbling the ball knowing that there's a defender running at you full speed. Yep. <laughs> for Kittle to concentrate on the ball, bobble, 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 grab, and still, I mean, that, it's amazing that he, he was able to do that because the timing, you only have split seconds usually after you catch the ball before there's contact. And the fact that he trusted and trusted and was like, you know what, I'm going to take one for the team, made a huge play for the offense at that time. Yeah, I actually got to talk with him yesterday and he, you know, he said in his postgame interviews, he was just trying to be in dramatic, you know, very George Kittle-esque. But I asked him, I was like, what were you really thinking between bobbles? And he was like, oh man, I had a 10 minute conversation in my head about catching this ball with myself <laughs> as the bobbles were, <laughs> were going. And I thought that was hilarious because I was like, I can't even imagine so you referenced this, uh, but the upcoming NFC Championship game has a reference point from Jalen Hurst and Brock Birdie's time in college. Do you think that they even think about that as they are game planning for this one? Totally different places in their lives and in their games. I, I think it has entered their minds that they've played each other. I don't I I I doubt that they go back and watch the film of that because <laughs> they don't have time. They're so focused on they're so focused on, on what's going on, going to happen on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's entered their mind that they've played each other. So they kind of know uh, each other, other's game. I would imagine when they were on the sideline, they were watching the other opposing team's offense. So I know that they know that they're playing against one another. It, it should be a fun battle. Manscaped is the official below the waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Looking at the bigger picture here, the Eagles and 49ers are pretty evenly matched when you look at them on paper. Top two defenses in the NFL top five offenses, top 10 rushing attacks, and I believe it is 114 sacks between the two teams. So what type of game are you expecting on Sunday? Now, I, I believe this is going to be another grind-out game. Um, like you said, the defense, uh, the defenses are stout. Um, they, they put pressure on the quarterback. They, they force them into making mistakes, uh, both teams defensively offensively they both have weapons and they both are able to create time and, and space uh, uh, from a quarterback position to get the ball to those weapons so what i see happening is a team at a crucial point in the game trying to make a big play and, and, and it turns out to bite them and and i who do i have more confidence in you know who i have more confidence in uh, San Francisco without a doubt. So, so, so I, I believe that, that one of those, when, when you're playing in big games like this, you always expect your big guys to come up big. And, and for us defensively, that's Greenlaw, that's Bosa. Uh, and, and so I, 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 I imagine seeing that they will get to that quarterback and if not creating a turnover by hitting him, create a turnover by making him throw sooner or less accurately than he would like. 
In that same line, Brock Purdy and the offensive line met with probably the toughest defensive front they've seen all year in that divisional round against the Cowboys. How was that a good primer for what's coming this weekend? The Eagles D-line has multiple guys in double-digit sack territory. How did that help prepare him for the pressure and just the pass rush that's coming his way? I, I think it prepared him in a sense that he understands what's coming. And if you've seen something, you can prepare for it a second time. And so knowing that the Philadelphia Eagles line is the same way, the one thing that I would say to Brock is, in all, if all else, in crucial situations, I, if a big play needs to be made and it's not there to make it, hold on to the football and go down. Yeah, and that's one thing he's done well. You know, he's taken the sack and taken really good care of the football, which, which is good to see in a young quarterback. Absolutely. I think that that's a trait that that uh, that's that's hard. <laughs> it sounds easy enough, but it's it's a, it's, a, it's a trait that not a lot of quarterbacks have, which is a great trait. Awesome. And we're going to close out the football portion of this. What is your score prediction for Sunday's NFC championship game? You already said it's going to be a grind out game, so I'm not expecting a high score in this one. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be that high of a score either. I think it's going to be like a 17-14 game, 17-14-20-17 uh, type of a game. And that I think more scoring will come in the second half than in the first. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty similar to the Cowboys. And uh, I guess I'm just not hoping for overtime. <laughs> my heart can't take yes, it. Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on the edge of my seat. <laughs> All right, so JJ, we do have a few fan-submitted questions from you. So these ones are fun ones, and I've edited them, so no need to worry here. Uh, so <laughs> Thomas from Oakland would like to know, if you could replay one game from your career because it's such a good memory, what game would it be? <laughs> well, um, uh, 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 from, oh my gosh, a good memory. I would say... It's funny that he says that the catch I had against the Dallas Cowboys in candlestick, uh, getting to the one yard line to eventually, I think Garrison Hurst runs it in for the game winner. I think that was one of the highlights uh, at in the Bay for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would say that. Manscaped is the official below the waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. JC from San Francisco, you had a lot of trips to the playoff in your time with the 49ers. Did you have any superstitions you would lean into during the postseason? You know, I think a lot of uh, well, people, a lot of guys are, are superstitious. You you wear the same, you wear the same shirt, you eat the same food, you eat the, at the same time. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's it, it. Honestly, <laughs> it's quite. Sometimes I'm like, am I just am I that weird? Because I think is this disturbing <laughs> that you do everything the same way at the same time? And as long as you're playing good, you keep doing it. But if you if you don't play so well, you tend to change it up. But yeah, all the guys do the same things the same way, the same time, and, and, and say the same things. It, it's it's amazing that it goes on, but everybody knows that it does. I've had some players tell me that they even go down to the order of 
that they put their socks on and tie their shoes, like because the superstitions kind of just keep building on each other. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that. I've seen a guy tie his shoes, untie his shoes three times before he actually ties them. I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, we have some guys (laughs) do that. Uh, I I just know like, yeah, it, it, it goes, people lay out their uniform every time and have to look at it, make sure it looks good on the ground before they put it on every time else they don't want to put it on but then there's guys that just they walk in throw their uniform on and walk right out there and play and then i (laughs) i'm always amazed at those guys because there's more guys that do something superstitious than guys that just put on the uniform and go you know i think it's easier to live your life like that if you don't got superstitions like less of a routine you have to get through Uh, Absolutely. Next one did not have a name on it, but game day style has always been a thing. Back in your day, was it as big of a thing as it is today? And how does it compare? You know, I I think everybody had their unique style. Um, I remember at times I would, when I first got there, of course, Jerry has always been the big name of San Francisco. So he would sometimes wear a towel uh, hanging off the side or the back. And 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 that was what I would go because I would go to youth football games uh, if I could. And I see all the kids trying to emulate that. Uh, but uh, I remember as far as I go, I don't think I did. I just like my uniform to fit me like be form fitting because I didn't want a defensive person to be able to grab my pants, my Jersey, anything to, 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 to give them extra access so they, I, they could make a tackle on me. So I wanted mine. I wanted everything extra form fitting. And, and that was the way I wore my uniform. And in terms of like pregame rolling into the stadium outfits, was that as heightened as it is now? Because I feel like it's always a fashion show. <laughs> it is. And that's, that's the funny thing about it. Here's the funny thing. I still have suits from, from when I played that there's no way I can fit into. And I just like, why <laughs> did I put this on? Why did I wear these colors paired together? I said, back in the day, I thought it was kind of fashionable. But looking at it now, I'm like, well, the heck was that? My 50-year-old self says to my 20-year-old self, what were you thinking? You know, it was a product of the times and we will all have those decisions <laughs> that we make. <laughs> so the so 49ers are headed to Lincoln Financial Field this weekend. So this question makes a lot of sense. What is the most hostile environment and fan base you have ever played in? Oh, it, it, no doubt it's it's Philadelphia. I, I remember that so vividly. Um, we played Philadelphia, and it was in Philadelphia. And I think I know I know Garrison Garrison Hurst scores a touchdown, so we run in the end zone to celebrate and like high five, and we and like we were greeted with uh, Campbell soup uh, cans, batteries. Stop. Like we had to run out of the end zone, but it was every time we scored, we had to get out of the end zone and they're loud and rowdy. And then they were pelting us with all these things. And it's not like we can go into the stands. So we don't know who threw it because 50 batteries and 50 Campbell soups come in flying into the end zone, hitting us in the helmet. And we're running out of the end zone and and like, and they're rowdy. Like if it's just rowdy and loud, (laughs) I would say, I would say Kansas city and new Orleans. But if it's like, being aggressive, overly aggressive, Philadelphia. 
Philadelphia, no Oh question. my goodness. I've never seen a Campbell's soup can used for that reason. So I but will keep an eye out. <laughs> things are different nowadays. You like, like <laughs> fans can't do the same things they, they used to do when, when I was playing. So I would imagine the person that would do something like that would probably get exited from the building. So um, okay. but that, that's my memory of it. And Philadelphia, they, where they threw things at us when we scored touchdowns. And so that was kind of the wildest thing that I've seen uh, playing for at, at an opposing stadium. That's wild. All right. So last question for you. Who were your locker mates during your time with the 49ers? And do you have a favorite memory with them? Uh, <laughs> so on my left side was, was, uh, at first it was John Taylor when I first got there and then T.O. was on my right side and then, uh, wow. second year it was, uh, Jerry on my left side and T.O. on my right. But, uh, memories, most of my memories in the locker room were, were, were fun memories. We, we played, we, we studied a lot. We took film home with us so we could study at home, but like the favorite times in the locker room, we were challenging each other in the weight room or we were playing dominoes and, and, and we talked so much to each other (laughs) just to annoy the mess out of each other. And, and those, those are actually the funnest times when the group is together and we're playing dominoes or we're challenging each other on the bench or jump rope with Terry Kirby or just stuff like that is stuff that is, for me, those are priceless memories. Well, you should come and join Jerry on the sidelines now. He's there every game. <laughs> I I came about three weeks ago and actually talked to him out on the field. And, you know, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry looks great, first of all. I think Jerry could sit up and give you about 15, 20 plays. That's the kind of shape he's in. He's always down to run 100 yards if you ask him. I do know this about him. (laughs) He can still do it. I keep telling you all. It's so true. Well, thank you so much, JJ. It's been good going down memory lane with you. And thank you so much for just helping us preview this big game coming up this weekend. Yes, I'm so excited. Go Niners. I can't wait for that. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to 49ers. You've got mail presented by Manscaped to be featured in the next episode. Submit your questions to 49ers.com slash mailbag. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can be the first to listen to our latest episode.